Um, Robert's uh, testimony is the, the crux of the message this morning, so we know the Holy Spirit's moving. Um, amen? And uh, so we're into uh, our 15th episode of, of Trailblazer. Church, can you say Trailblazer? And I wanted to start this uh, message out um, actually alongside uh, a testimony of what Robert has shared with us. I wanted to start this, this whole message out with, with some 5.11s that I just need to share with you guys. And 5.11s is, is, comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, to build each other up and encourage one another. That's what we call testimonies here. We call them 5.11s. And if you ever have a 5.11, um, a testimony or a prayer request, you can send them in to me through your email. Or we have our church app, which actually has a dedicated 5.11 button that you can send them all in that way too. And uh, what we do is, uh, if they're a prayer request, we keep it with our pastoral staff and, and, and our board and our prayer team. Um, if there is a, a testimony, we'll make a little uh, post about it and share it so that others will be encouraged as well. So here's some encouragement for you guys. Um, uh, last week, I got a great news from uh, a couple, a couple parents and a grandparent that we're not going to be, do- we're going to be doing not one, not two, but three baby dedications right here at church in the city. Three baby dedications. They're very exciting. Um, I also got the word last week that we're going to be doing a baptism for uh, on May 28th. There's one person signed up, one person ready to go, and it's not limited to one person. All right, if there's anyone interested in getting baptized, May 28th we're doing baptism Sunday. We're gonna, and if you look to my left, uh, there's a nice big horse trough right there, a nice silver one, and we're gonna use that as our baptismal tank, and and uh, we're gonna continue that biblical practice. This month of April, we've had 11 different people rededicate their life to Christ. Can I get an amen? <laughs> to my knowledge, we've had two people start a new relationship with Christ in this month. Amen. I wanted to add to Pastor Jeffrey's story, as, as you guys know a little bit about his family, uh, the testimony of his family coming, even God's working out the housing situation, where, where he has a housing situation, where he has, has had uh, people living in his house, and now they're going to be moving out at the correct time, and even his landlord has given him favor, given him the whole place with reduced rent, and uh, I think that's only a, a God move right here in Toronto. Can we give God the glory? Amen. Our, our dear worship leader over there, Ernest, Ernest has just graduated his school. He's, fi- he's finished with that. On, uh, on top of that, he's had major favor in his workplace. He's had uh, not only a permanent position given to him, uh, he's had promotion given to him, and he's had awards given to him because of his great work. This man is having favor of God upon him. If you remember, not too, uh, just a few Sundays ago, uh, he shared about how not long ago that he was worried about being able to pay for that bus ticket every single day. And now God has provided him with promotion up in TD Bank. And uh, he has his own office and everything with his name tag on it. That's how, that's how it's, it's a great deal. God is good. Um, the, uh, a, couple other, uh, a couple other testimonies. Um, I'll, I'll keep some vague a little bit here. There's a, a couple of people that were traveling, and they had some major car trouble right on the, the Gardner Expressway, and, and uh, they were in major danger. And, and God guided them and kept them safe and guided their car to safety, and it could be a very scary situation. So we praise God for safety over them in, uh, as they had those challenges. There's a grandpa... Um, from a family member at this church that was supposed to have a diagnosis of cancer. 
He went to the doctor, and the next doctor's checkup, the next doctor's report was that he was absolutely cancer-free. And we want to give God the glory of that clean bill of health. I'll give you one more. There's many, many more that we can go through, but I'll share this one, is that my sister in Australia is having a baby, and uh, it's the first one on the Chandra side of the family. So God is so good. God is so good. My, my, my parents are calling him the grand one, the grand one. So, Church, our whole series has been about uh, the life of Jesus and the miracles he performed and, and what he did for us on the cross and that he actually trailblazed the way for all of humanity. He is the blueprint of how we are supposed to live our lives. And, and throughout the whole book of Luke and, and now we're into the book of Acts, uh, it's, it's all about the activity of the Holy Spirit. And what we're seeing through the book of Acts right now, we're going to see the activity of the Holy Spirit through the disciples and um, how they're commissioned to their calling of sharing the good news and doing the good work. It's a great example for all of us as believers. And uh, so that's what we're going to dive into today. If you have your Bibles this morning, you can turn to Acts chapter 3 and 4. The theme of this morning is, if the church is to witness faithfully to the world, it must give a message of courageous warning coupled with compassion. And uh, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. I got three points for you. You can write this first point down is this. God heals. Church, can you say God heals? And I'm not going to read through you, uh, read through all of Acts 3 and 4 with you. Uh, I'm going to give you a summary of it all, but uh, you can definitely still follow along in the scripture. I'll go along how the scripture is written. So you, you you would be able to follow if you have your Bibles with you there. So... The passage starts out by talking about Peter and John. Now, Peter and John are this, this, this tandem of brothers like no other. They're, they're like Shaq and Kobe. They're like Magic Kareem. If you don't know about sports, they're like uh, uh, peanut butter and jelly, okay? Uh, if you're allergic to peanut butter and you don't know what I'm talking about, they're like um, milk and cookies, okay? If you're lactose intolerant... I don't know what to say. There's, uh, uh, there's like a month ago we had here something called not milk, and it was vegan milk. So if you're lactose intolerant, if you're vegan, you guys can have vegan milk, vegan cookies if you want, okay? I don't want. Um, no, no. So Peter and John, okay, these brothers, they're heading up to the temple. They were going to go to their spiritual workout. That's something I think that speaks volumes that for all of us to hear that, that they were going for their spiritual workout. They're going to pray. I think it's important for all of us to be doing our physical workouts. I know I need to focus on my physical workouts, but we also have to work, work on our spiritual workouts every single day. It's a part of their routine. And I think that speaks some major volumes. And, and from there, they're going up to this temper, temple and they encountered a lame beggar. Okay, a lame beggar. And it was in Bible college. This, this passage always gives me a good laugh because it was in Bible college. And uh, I had a friend that was English second language. His name was Andrew. And uh, uh, I guess he was just confused about the term lame beggar. I, I, I don't know if we use the term lame and lame and cool kind of things. They thought maybe there's lame beggars and there's cool beggars. And, and I told him, yes, that's exactly how it goes. There's some lame ones and cool ones. And, and, and no, I, I had to correct them and say, no, lame beggar basically means they're disabled. They, couldn't, they didn't have the ability to walk. And once he got it, he, he started laughing himself because, yeah, that was good. And this uh, scripture says that this lame beggar was lame from birth. 
And what they did is his friends, I guess you could call them friends, would, would carry him and plop him in front of the, the, the temple gates. The temple gate was called Beautiful. And, and I guess they brought him in front of the temple gates because they knew the people walking up to the temple, maybe they're going to be a little bit more generous, more kind, and, and, and they're going to bless him with some, a couple of bucks or, or whatever else. And that's what they did. So he could make a couple extra bucks as the lame beggar. And Peter and John came along, and this lame man, he asked them for money. Peter and John, they look straight at him uh, into his eyes, and, and, and they tell him, listen up. That's what they said to him. And, and the layman gave them his full attention with expectation that, that he was going to receive some sort, of, some sort of probably a couple bucks kind of thing, receive a donation. And Peter and John go on to say, silver and gold, I have none. Many of you have heard that passage before. In other terms, they're saying, we're broke too. We have nothing that we can give you money-wise. But I have something else, something even better to give you. And as verse 6 in Acts chapter 3 says this, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And verse 7 says, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and his ankles became strong. This man goes on and he starts jumping around. He starts praising God. And all of them together, they go up to the temple together. And everyone who is in the temple, they would have seen this lame man uh, at the temple gates. They would have seen him not being able to move. They would have known him, that, that, that he has been lame his whole life. And they see him jumping around, praising God. And they were astonished. They were so moved and encouraged by the power of God. Church, over the last little while, I've been, I've been connecting with a few different people, and uh, a common topic we've talked about is apologetics. Apologetics, Christian apologetics is basically creating logical arguments to defend your faith, and that's what apologetics is all about. And the more and more uh, I, I, we dove into these conversations, the more and more I'm convinced, as, as apologetics helps you be able to defend your faith, I think the, the deeper you grow in your apologetics, the deeper you grow in your faith. And, and, um, and, and maybe through that strengthening of your faith, you're going to be more faithful in how you walk according to the Holy Spirit. But I'm convinced that with your being able to argue and, and defend the faith isn't going to be your driving force to bring someone to know who the name of Jesus is, that Jesus is the Messiah, the name above all names, the blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel. I don't think that's going to be your driving force. I think as a bunch of Holy Spirit-filled people who have a relationship with Christ and, and, and are given these special gifts, God gives us these amazing gifts that we're supposed to use to be a blessing to Him, to others, I mean. And, and when we use our spiritual gifts, when we demonstrate the power of God, when people see it firsthand, right in front of them, it's a lot harder for them to deny the goodness and grace of God when they've experienced it, when they've witnessed it. And church, and this is the call out again, if you haven't planned on coming to worship night, change all your plans. You got to be here tonight because I'm telling you, something special is going to be happening tonight. You're going to want to bring someone. You're going to want to be here. If you are walking with Christ, I hope this hits home for you because you're walking every day that you walk you're actually walking with the same power that conquered the grave it dwells within you it says in scripture and god has called upon you not for your abilities god's not actually really good at calling on people with good abilities he takes those that are faithful all if you look through scripture you see all the people that um that he uses in, in scripture their abilities are, are are very low 
but he uses them because they are faithful. And, and where is God calling you to be faithful? Church, we're just getting started this morning. This is good. This is good. This is only point number one, and uh, there's some good stuff coming up. So you guys, you guys ready for point number two? I got one person. Thank you, Shannon. Shannon is ready for point number two. Anyone else ready for point number two this morning? Point number two is this. God forgives. And this next portion of passage, a little tongue twister there. Peter Piper picked peppers, but run rap rhymes. Next portion of passage. All these people were astonished, right? They saw this lame man, and what they did, they started running to Peter and John. And what I love is, I love what the, the, the character of Peter, uh, as he, we've seen him kind of mature, we learned a little bit about his life last week, we've seen him kind of mature and grow and become this Holy Spirit-empowered individual who's got this great uh, uh, movement in front of him and, and great call upon his life. We still see that like sassy kind of uh, straight-up side of Peter come out right here. And, and these people start running up to Peter and John, and Peter says, why are you people even surprised by this? And he starts scolding these people. He's, he's like, stop looking at us like we are powerful, like we are godly. We didn't make him walk. It was the power of God. And, and that's what it says in verse 13 of Acts chapter 3. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked a murderer to be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are the witnesses of this. And by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. In Church in the City, when I was doing my studying this week, verse 15, when it says, you killed the author of life, that just hit home for me this week. Because I think all of us would have been in that same place as those were that were there with Jesus. We can see that. I can, I can give that hypothesis because all of us today, we are a reflection of sinful lives. Whether you're a seasoned Christian, new Christian, not a Christian, we all have sinful and messed up lives. And then Peter continues on. He goes on with a little bit more scolding here. And, and then he brings in a little bit of compassion. So let's see what Peter says. He goes on to tell his fellow Israelites, you guys were acting dumb. This is what he says, as, as did your leaders. Scripture uses the word ignorant, all right? And I think that's probably a better description. I thought dumb was funnier. And uh, Peter goes on to share that this is how God fulfilled the prophecies of all those Old Testament prophets That's the, the, uh, from the scriptures. And they didn't say Old Testament prophets back then. They said from the scriptures. And, but for us, it's the Old Testament prophets. And basically, the Old Testament prophets prophesied that the Messiah would suffer. And now Peter goes on to share some compassion. And he says, what you all need to do is, first and foremost, turn to God. All you have to do is repent and ask God for forgiveness of your sinful past. And, and all of your sinful past will be wiped away. You're going to receive this refreshing love of God fall upon you. It's going to be like a refreshing love, an experience you've never experienced before. And then you can have this amazing, growing, loving relationship with God. As you go forward and you get to work on it every day, you get to celebrate him in your victories. You get to bring your suffering, your trials and tribulations to him, and he's going to help you through them all. 
And then you're, you're commissioned on top of that to, to the, the love that you've experienced. You got to go share it with someone else. And Peter, Peter also said all, these, uh, all the old foretold of, uh, of what was going to happen to the Messiah. Let's look at verse 24. It says, Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. And, and hear this, church, verse 25. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. And, and we see uh, Peter's crux of his message, similar to his message on the day of Pentecost, as we heard last week. It's Jesus, whom they killed, the holy and righteous one, whom God raised from the dead. All you have to do is you must go repent. You must turn to God. That's Peter's message. And church, as we know, as we know all of humanity needs this refreshing love of God, the forgiveness of God. And, and maybe you're new to church or are new to this place, and I want you to know that there's no one here that is perfect. There's no one here that has earned their way to heaven. There's no one here rich enough to buy their way to heaven. There's no one here that's done good enough deeds, more deeds than, than uh, uh, um, Mother Teresa, and, and, and earned their, their golden ticket to heaven. The only way... To earn that is to have a relationship with God, a personal relationship with Him. Understanding that, yeah, you've had a sinful history, as we all do. And then asking God to forgive you, and, 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 and then you get to know that the price of that sinful history has all been paid for. That's what the cross is all about. That's what we celebrate on Easter, that Jesus paid that price that we could never pay for ourselves. The greatest act of love in history. And Jesus did it for you. He did it for all humanity because he loves us. And if you choose this life, you, you have this wonderful, growing relationship with Jesus. You get the opportunity to share that love with someone else, the very love you've experienced and witnessed. Point number three this morning is God protects. Church, can you say God protects? The scripture continues on and all these higher-ups, these chief priests, these uh, uh, captains of the temple guard, the, the Sadducees, they were fed up with Peter and John because Peter and John were disrupting their way of life. They were, they've made it, right? They've had their way of life going. They're making all their money. They have all the rules according to their purpose and plan. But Peter and John are speaking of a, a greater higher-up, and, and they didn't want to have any of that. They're speaking of the one who is resurrected from the dead, the Messiah, so what they said is that they can't do this anymore. So they had to put a stop to it. They, they put them in cuffs, put them in jail, and, and it was still incredible. Even though they were put in jail, put in cuffs in front of all these people, many still believed the message of Peter and John, that Jesus Christ is the resurrected one, the Messiah. And one of the driving forces of that is because they, could have, they all saw this lame man who was healed, who was standing in front of them. And many believed the numbers, uh, many believed, and the numbers of those who believed Jesus um, as the king, Jesus as king, grew to about 5,000. That's what scripture says. So then, after a night in prison, all these higher ups, they bring Peter and John before, uh, uh, before them in a court kind of scenario. Uh, they were bringing them there for questioning. And scripture says, By what power of what name did you do this? This is Acts 4 now, we're into verse 8. 
Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was who lame and are being asked who he has healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Verse 12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And, and all these higher-ups, church, they were, they were taken back. They didn't know what to say. They didn't know what to share. Uh, they saw that Peter and John were these regular guys. They were uneducated. They didn't have any Bible college degree, no, no master's in theological studies. All they had was some on-job training with Jesus. And they had these, these chief priests, these Sadducees, they had no answer for Peter and John because right beside them, they saw the lame man who is now not so lame anymore. He's walking around after a lifetime of being not able to. And scripture says he was standing with Peter and John so they could say nothing. And uh, so what they did is they had a recess. They sent Peter and John away, and, and during that recess, they started to, they started to scheme and plan. They, they had this idea of they're going to make a law that Jesus, the name of Jesus is not going to be able to be said, that it's not going to be able to be taught. That's their, that's their plan. So they bring Peter and John back in. They share with them that that's the rule. Jesus cannot be taught. You can't even say his name. And verse 19 says this, And Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. And verse 20 says, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And church, even after that response, these, these Sadducees, these chief priests, they were giving these uh, fake threats, these empty threats upon their lives. But ultimately, they ended up being able to do nothing because all the people were praising God for what had happened. Now, you can imagine after they uh, let them go, you can imagine their, the walkout music for Peter and John as they're entering into the crowd. Everyone's cheering. They're going crazy. And, and church, God protected Peter and John as they faced great opposition. The weight of government literally tried to take them down, shut them down, try to bully them, try to scare them, try to place false evidence on them. They put them in jail. They try to discredit them. But Peter and John, not on their own ability, they were empowered by the Holy Spirit because, you know, they're not the most eloquent. They're, they're not the most educated. Their pockets aren't full of cash. They're not, they don't even have a bank account. But you know what they are? They are empowered by the Holy Spirit. They are faithful. They stand on what Scripture says. They stand on those biblical principles, and it allows them to speak with authority. So church in the city, don't get it wrong. You know, anything you want to do for the kingdom of God the enemy wants to shut it down. The enemy wants to throw obstacles in front of your way, wants to, wants to challenge you. This, uh, uh, I was looking, I just, uh, looking at Shannon and Justice, the, the, the enemy wants to challenge your, 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 your heartbeat to serve and, and to be a blessing to Pastor Jeffrey. Right? You're doing it for the kingdom. And, and we have to know that. 
We look at our world today. Look at, look at churches even in the, in, in the downtown core. There are many churches that aren't even following and standing on what the Bible has to say. They, they take out some of the things that don't fit their story. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He, he, he wants to divide. He wants to conquer. He wants to destroy. He wants to cast doubt. And that's why it's so important for all of us to be equipping ourselves in the armor of God. We need to be ready. We also need to be hungry to share the good news. And I think it's easy. It's easy in Canada to become a little bit dormant in our Christian, in our Christian faith. It's easy to take breaks. It's easy to be selfish. And the enemy loves that. The enemy loves when we do that. One of the heartbeats of today is, is, is I feel like God's putting, on a, putting it on our heart is for the church to stand up strong, to wake up, to not be dormant. Because we are empowered and we are protected. Many of us, this, this testimony after testimony, we have seen, witnessed, experienced the, powerful, the power and the miracles of God. And God has given us all spiritual gifts that we get to use. He's commissioning us to faithfully use those gifts, not keep them to ourselves. We're called to operate with those powerful spiritual gifts we're given. And I know many of you in this room, uh, I, I know many of you, I know some of your spiritual gifts. I know there's gifts of wisdom in this room. I know there's gifts of prophecy in this room. There's gifts of leadership in this room. There's gifts of healing in this room. Don't keep it to yourself. God wants you to use those gifts. Church, I wanted to pray for you, and I wanted to ask for you to bow your heads and close your eyes as the worship team's up on their way. I was going to read this, this prayer from Scripture that's in Acts 4, the way Acts 4 ends. It's the last portion of our passage from today. I wanted to read this prayer for you and this scripture for you as a challenge and a blessing upon you. It says this on verse 23. On, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Verse 27 says, Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs, perform wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Thank you, God. And, and after they prayed, the, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Lord, Heavenly Father, let that be our prayer this morning. 
We proclaim that over our lives today. Holy Spirit, we invite you to fill us up. Fall upon us here, God. And maybe you're here today in this this call of asking the Lord to enable you, to empower you, to speak his word with great boldness. And that may look different for, for every kind of person, but to share the goodness of God, to stretch out his hand, to heal, to perform signs and wonders through the name of the Holy Servant Jesus. Church, I just wanted to challenge you to take some time this morning as Ernest leads us in a couple songs. I challenge you this morning to call on God. Call on God to to challenge you because you are anointed. You are called. You are commissioned. And God's giving you these amazing gifts. Ask him how how can you use the gifts given. Let's spend some time in his presence.